Begin today the Gemara towards the bottom of the Nunzayin Amid Beis, about eight or nine lines up from the bottom of the page. Nafla Legina, the Mishnah, said an animal that was walking along its way in the Rishusarabim, and then it fell off the path into a garden on the side of the road, and this was an Oynes. The Gemara soon will explain exactly what happened, but an Oynes, it, it fell down. So the owner doesn't have to pay for the damage that it causes because it was an oinus, but venenous, because when it fell down, it had hanah. You don't pay for the full cost of the damage, but you pay the hanah. So we had, we had this before in the Masechta and paid a Ketzer de Regal that you don't evaluate the full damage. Your mother there explained you evaluate it with a much less of a value when you're just paying for the hanah that it had. So now, the Gemara explains what hanah did it have here when it fell. So Rav says, that what had happened is it fell down and it, it got banged when it fell, but it had a gnaw by the fact that if it would have fell on a hard ground, it would have hurt itself. Instead, it fell on a patch of uh, tomatoes or cabbage or whatever it is, and it, it softened the, the impact. That's the gnaw. That's what you got to pay for. Aval, Ochla, says the Gemara. So what was Rav saying here? Was Rav saying that if the animal then went and ate after it fell there, so it seems like what Rav is saying is that then what it ate, so not only you don't pay for the damage that happened because it was a oinus that it fell there, but even any hana from, from, for this that it ate, you don't pay at all. Now, what would be the reason to make a distinction between the hana that the animal has from the bang that it got saved from the bang or the hana of what it ate? So the Gemara tries to explain this. Lamish, we say, Rav Letanei, that what Rav is saying here follows something that he said earlier in the Masechta. Rav, Rav said, and we learned this before, regarding a person that brings fruits into someone's courtyard without his permission. And, and now the animal of, this, of, the, of the homeowner went and ate from these fruits, and the, the fruits that it ate caused this animal to get sick or to die. So in such a case, even though the person brought his fruits there without permission, Rav says that the person that brought the fruits doesn't have to pay for the damage that's caused to the animal. Why not? So here, the explanation Rav said for that is, The animal shouldn't have eaten these fruits, even though I brought the fruits here without permission. But if this animal is doing an act in itself to go and eat it, so then my fruits that were brought there is just a grama. So therefore, you put the, for the damage that happened over here to this animal. So now the Gemara is trying to apply the same thing over here and to say that if this animal fell into this property, and the hana then that this animal had is that it went and it ate from the fruits there, so you're going to be completely potter to pay for not only the damage, but even the hana. Why? Because it fell by Ines. And then when it ate, it's also something which the animal is doing it on its own. And you can, the, the Baala Behemah could say, what should I do? The, the, the animal shouldn't have eaten. That's uh, what the Gemara thinks to compare from the, the, what Rav said regarding the case by a person bringing the fruits without permission. The Gemara immediately says, Omri, on this they said, there's no comparison at all. Hachi hashta. Rav. When did Rav say this svar of Over there in that case I just mentioned, When is that? If this animal that ate these fruits that were brought into this uh, person's property, so then we say that the one that brought the fruits in here, even though he brought it without permission, but nevertheless, the, the animal that ate it, I don't have to pay for any 
damage that happens through this. Because the Matzi Amalei the owner of the fruits here can come and argue and say, I'm not paying for the fact that it ate. Shouldn't have eaten. It's an act in itself that it's doing, so I'm just a cause of this. Mother there said, if the animal slipped in the fruits itself, so that's, that, that's, that's your, your fault that you brought the fruits here. But if the animal went and ate from it, over there we say you put it. That makes sense. But But in our case, what are we talking about? When the animal fell down into this property and here it's going ahead and eating in this property, and it's damaging this person's property by eating the fruits here, the petir le to say that we use this water that it shouldn't have eaten as a reason to patter the owner of this animal, me Omar, the drive ever say such a thing. It doesn't really make any sense. What do you mean, Hayolash It's it's eating, and you, know, you should pay for the hana that it's eating over here in a property that uh, that doesn't belong to it. Why should you be part of this? So therefore the Gemara explains that Rav Mentake the exact opposite. Elo rather loy mi when Rav said that you pay for the hana of this animal that fell here ba'inis, Rav was saying that needless to say, in other words, there's a big chiddush here, as follows. Needless to say, in a case where your animal fell there ba'inis, and then your animal got up and started eating, so in such a case, definitely you have to pay for this that your animal is eating and is having hana. Why not? For the, for the hezek, you don't have to pay because it's, it, it, it fell here ba'inis, and when it gets up and it eats, and the Gemara is soon going to explain exactly what it ate and where it ate. But at a certain, for, for a certain point, we say that what it's eating is an anus, so you don't have to pay. <laughs> but when the animal fell and it fell on a soft patch of vegetables or whatever it is to, to soften the, the fall and it shouldn't hurt itself. So for this, amen, maybe I would say that you don't have to pay. For, for anything, any damage that's caused by, by this fall to the fruits there. Because why? Because this could be compared to a person that chases away a lion from someone's property. If you come and chase away a lion from someone's property and you prevent the damage that that lion could have done, does the owner of that property have to pay for what you just did? No. You're preventing a damage and you're basically doing a mitzvah. It's a mitzvah, you see a person's property is about to get damaged, someone's coming to attack his, his, his property, and you come and you do a mitzvah to prevent that lion from coming there, you're doing a mitzvah, and you don't get paid for this. So over here, we could similar say, it's not that the animal got up and started eating there. The animal fell. It could have fell and broken its bones and hurt itself. Instead, your cabbage patch, for example, was there and softened the fall. So now, basically, your property is preventing the impact of this fall to, to stop the damage. So therefore, all you did was a mitzvah to prevent that damage, and therefore, in such a case, you should be potted to pay for him, because he, he did a mitzvah for you. And even for the Hanoi, you shouldn't have to pay either. Once, one second, one second, the Gemara is going to explain, let's see. Kamash Malan, so therefore the mission over here is saying that this, that your patch of fruits or vegetables softened the fall and prevented the damage. True, you don't have to pay for the damage itself because it fell there by Ines, but for the actual Hana that your animal was saved in this fall, that you do have to pay for. Now the Gemara explains here, why is there a distinction between Mavriachari when you're preventing damage by, by chasing away a lion? And there we say that you put there, and in our case over here, when you prevented the damage of this animal that fell, why over here do we say you chayev? Maybe I should compare these two cases. 
So the Gemara here says there's, not, there's two distinctions. Number one, When you're chasing away a lion from your friend's property, this is something that you're choosing to do. Hi, love me Over here, you're not choosing to do this. This person's animal falls into your property without you your knowledge at all. So in such a case, it's not like a mitzvah that I chose to do, and because I chose to do this mitzvah, I can't now charge you for it. Over here, I never chose to do this. So therefore, that's something that you could charge for. Inami, another point. Mavriya chari when you chase away a lion from someone else's property, you're not experiencing any loss. You're, you're, you, there's an effort that you, you're there to chase away the lion, but you're not actually having any loss because of this. But over here, the fact that your patch of vegetables and fruits stopped the impact of this animal, that it shouldn't get hurt, it's causing you a loss. Your, your fruits, your vegetables got damaged. So therefore, in such a case, you are going to be chayiv to pay for that damage that you caused. So here, there's a big Taisvis when you get to this concept of Mavriya Kharim and Ichsa Chaveda. Taisvis brings from other places in Shas about this. And Taisvis over here basically says that the two answers that the Gemara gives over here, the two reasons why we make a distinction and we don't apply Mavriya Kharim and Ichsa Chaveda, <coughs> both of these answers are true. And Taisvis says, if even only one of these reasons are missing, then I consider it to be Mavriya Chari. In order for it to not to be considered Mavriya Chari, there has to be both of these reasons that the Gemara over here says. That uh, <laughs> something that you choose to do and something that uh, there's no psaida. But if, if any of these reasons are missing, then uh, the Allah is going to be that it's Mavriya Chari. Taisa over here, Taisa brings rise for this from other places in Shas. We learned one of these in Yanim, in the Gemara and the Dadim, when you pay someone else's loan, even without him asking you to pay it. So you, 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 you did the person a favor. He doesn't have to reimburse you for paying that loan. Taisa says, it's this thing of Mavriya You did a mitzvah, you paid his loan. <laughs> the very fact that you chose to pay that, even though you're having a loss. But if you chose to pay that, he doesn't have to reimburse you. So even though over there you don't have both conditions, it's just the fact that you chose, if you chose to pay it, you're not going to get reimbursed for this. That's uh, one, of the, one of the details that Taisa brings in the beginning. <laughs> okay, now here the Gemara explains the uh, different details about the case itself that we spoke about, this animal that fell into this property. All right, so the first thing is, it said it fell bainus, and therefore it's not your responsibility to pay for the full uh, value of the damage. What was exactly the ainus that happened when it fell? So Rav Kahana, Omar, Rav Kahana says, what happened here is, the animal was walking in the street, and, that, and then on its own urine, it, it tripped and it fell into the property. That's the anus. Rav, Rav, Omar, Rav says a different anus. It's walking, a herd of animals are walking, and one animal pushes another, and it falls down into this property. Says the Gemara Manda Mashadhvasakaverta Ravidit says that the case here is that another animal pushed it and that's Dainis. Kalshikan Shokhlagabimiragla. Definitely if it tripped in its own urine, that's for sure considered to be an Ainis that you'd be potter. But of Kahana that says that it tripped in its own urine, that's and that that's called an Ainis. Avaldachvasakaverta. But if it's a case where one animal pushed another, so then Psha, Pasha then the owner actually is, is negligent. There's a certain level of negligence here. And then you do have to pay for the full damage. What's the negligence? Because the Omalei, the owner of the property that got damaged, will say to him, If you're walking with your animals in the street, they should be going in a single fire line, not one near the other, that one could push the other. Huh? 
Okay, so therefore, in such a case, is there, there's a level of negligence. You'll be that's not called an ayinus. Amar Rav Kahane, another detail about this. So before we said, Rav said that we're talking very about the hanor. You have to pay for the hanor. That's even when the animal eat, was, was eating over there. Not, not, not even. Rav said for sure when the animal was eating over there. So you pay for the hanor of that. So now where exactly was the animal eating? That you only pay for the hanor and you don't pay for the full damage. So Omar Afkahane says, Afkahane, This animal falls into the property in a certain area. And there, in that aruga, in that patch, in that area, that's where it was eating. But if this animal is already comfortable here, it starts walking from one area to another area in the field. Then, when it starts eating in another area in the field, so then you do have to pay for another area in the field. That's not the place where it fell. That's not where the anus was. The owner of the animal should get its animal out of there before it goes eating in another area. Right? Or, or according to another shot, when it eats in another area, that's already considered to be like a different field. It fell into one place, that's one field, then it walks to another place, that's a, that's a different place. So for that you have to pay. Rabbi Yechenin Omar, however, Rabbi Yechenin says, no, afila me aruga la aruga. The animal fell into this property. It gets up, it starts eating. It's eating here, it's eating in one patch, it's eating in another patch, another area. Afila kola yankula, even all day in that field, all around, it's eating. You don't have to pay more than just the hana. You don't pay for the full damage. When do you have to start paying for the damage? Only if the animal comes out. And the tachzer, and it returns ladas. It returns with the knowledge of the owner that allows it, that doesn't guard it properly, and it allows it to go back. Now, it's not an oinus anymore, so you have to pay for the full damage. All right, so Rabbi Yechen holds that even if it's eating in another area in this field, you still don't have to pay for the full damage because the owner of the animal could say, my animal was in your property. I, didn't, uh, I, I couldn't go into your property. It's a private property. I couldn't go in and get my animal out. And meanwhile, it's going from place to place. And I was waiting for my animal to come out. So therefore, he's not high to pay for any damage that it does in the property. Now, the Gemara says, Papa explains this. When it says over here that only when it leaves the property and then it comes back, Ladas. So Rav Papa says, Rav Yechene didn't mean to say that it left, you, you, with your knowledge, you see that the animal came out. And now, with your knowledge, you just don't guard it at all, and you allow it to go back. Then you're going to be chayiv. No, there's, there's, there's another, you're going to be chayiv even more. And what is that? Elo, rather, animal came out. You see animal came out from this property. So now, even if you are going to guard your animal properly, and the animal is still going to somehow find its way back to this field, you're still going to be chayev for this, even though you guarded it. My time, why should you be chayev even though you guarded it? Because the owner of the property here that, that got damaged will tell you, since the animal already had a good time in this place, in this field, it sees, it knows this place, However, whenever it finds an opportunity to slip away, it'll, it'll run back over here to this property. So basically what Afpap is saying is, once your animal damaged someone's property, now a basic shmirah, what we learned in the beginning of the parik, a shmirah pachusa, a basic shmirah, just to close the door of the barn, not to allow your animal to go there, is not going to be enough to guard it from not going there. Because this animal knows this place and it's going to do whatever it can to slip away and go there. You're going to have to do a shmirah <coughs> mu'ula, an extra special shmirah that it shouldn't go there. So therefore, even if it was, if it was shalai ladas, you did a good shmirah, but you didn't do an extra special shmirah, you're going to be chayah for the damage that it does over here. It was a regular shmirah, you're not? 
With a regular shmirah, you're gonna be chayiv. If it's a regular shmirah, you're still gonna be chayiv because the animal is has a tendency to go back there. So once it has that tendency to go back there, you have to do an extra good shmirah to make sure that it doesn't go. Yardo kedarka. Then the Mishnah said that what's if with an animal that goes down into a property kedarka, no oynis, it's just walking, it's going into someone else's property, vizika, and it damages the property. Then mishalem is mashizika, you have to pay the full damage that it did and it ate in this person's property. Boy, Rabbi Yirmiyah, Rabbi Yirmiyah, boy on this, Yordo, Kedarko. If the animal goes down normally, in other words, there's a pshia here. You allow the animal to go down into someone's property. But then what happened is, it didn't eat there. The way the animal caused damage to the produce in this field is because it, it, it gave birth there, right there in the field. And then the water that comes out with the birth, that causes damage for the produce there. Mahu, what's going to be the Allah? Is the owner of this animal responsible for this? So the Gemara explains what the boy is based on. Now, first of all, Aliba demand According to the opinion that we learned before, When there's a case where it started off with your negligence, then the But then in the end, something happens which is beyond your control. But in such a case, you're still chayev. So then over here, there's no question that you're going to be high. The fact that you allowed the animal to go there is your negligence. The fact that then it gave birth there, which is something you didn't expect, but it doesn't matter. It's all a result of the presence of the animal being there, which comes from your pshia. So, so you're going to be high for this. What was The opinion that says that if it began with a negligence, but then something else develops, which is beyond your control, that you potter. So my, what's going to be the halacha in this case? Me, Amrinan, do we say that this is also similar? In the beginning, it was a negligence. You allowed the animal to go there, but then it gave birth, and that's what you didn't expect. It's beyond your control, so it's a noinus. Or maybe we should say, no, this is not a noinus. The entire thing is considered to be your negligence. Because the Kivin de Kachazi, since the owner of this animal sees the Krevela Lamelad, that it's close to giving birth, he knows that this animal is pregnant for a while and it's, it's, it's going to give birth sometime soon. So he should be guarding it and tending to it and paying attention to see exactly when it's giving birth. And therefore, it goes into someone else's property and it gave birth there. It's not a total shock, it's something that the person uh, should have expected. So it's all his negligence that, it, uh, that the water of this birth damaged there. Teiku, Sugumara, does not answer this Ibaya. The next thing he said in the Mishnah was, When your animal eats a, a portion of someone's property, so how do you evaluate the damage that happened over there? So the Mishnah said, So you, you evaluate the Beisa. A Beisa is an area which is 50 by 50 Amis. And that, that's how you evaluate to, to pay the damage. Ah, so the simple point of what the Mishnah here is saying is, when you evaluate the damage, you don't just evaluate the value of this area itself where it ate. Because if you're going to evaluate the, da- the, the, the value of the, of the damage, that damage itself, the, the, the value of the damage is going to be very, very high. Because such a tiny little area that it ate, if you want to sell that area of the property separately, because it's such a tiny area, so it's sold for a very expensive price. Someone that's very poor might be able to uh, buy only such a kind of field and not something else. And that they can charge them very expensive. And therefore, if you evaluate that itself, it's going to be a very high value that the mazik is going to have to pay for the damage. That's not how you evaluate. But as the Gemara here is going to bring, we learn out from a Pasik that we evaluate this one area in contrast to a, a larger area. 
how much what's, was this large area of the field, how much did its value go down when that one little area inside the larger field is missing? And then over there, the value of the damage is going to come out to be much less. So first the Gemara brings the source for this in the Pasuk, and then later the Gemara is going to explain exactly how, this, how you evaluate this. So, what's the source for this? Amar of Masnadamakra, the Pasuk says, Ubiyer, Bizdei, Acher. Animal ate, Bizdei, Acher, and someone else's property. What do we learn from this? Melamed, Shishomen, Algav, Stei, Acher. You evaluate the damage, not just the, the place itself that it ate, but Algav, in contrast to, in, in connection with, the entire area, Soda, Acher, the whole entire field over here, and you see that area that it ate, how the whole value of the whole field went down because of this one area. That's what we learned from this. So the Gemara asks, But this Pasik of we need this to teach me a different basic halacha regarding the damage of Shein Viregel. And that is, we had many times in the Mesechta, to say that you only pay for the damages of the animal when it eats or tramples, when it's done in someone's private property, and not when it's done in the Rishus Arabim. So how can we learn two different things from the same Pasik? Answers the Gemara in Cain, if that's what we would be learning out to exclude the damage caused in the Rishus Rabim, the Pasuk should use a different, more usual term that it came and it ate in the Sada of your friend. Why does it say Acher? It's an unusual term. What's the meaning of Acher? Inami, or another thing that's point that we can see here in the Pasuk that there's an additional thing to learn out, Sdei Acher. It should have said Ubiyer. Zdeyacher, it ate a soda from, from another soda. My bizdeyacher, within, within this field. It's from here, for, so either from the word acher or from the bit, the bizdeyacher, from here we learn out this additional drasha, sheshamen algav soda acher, that you evaluate within the field, the one area, in contrast to the whole field, how much the value went down. That's how you evaluate. That's how we learn this other drasha here. Now the Gemara asks the opposite question. So if so, from the language of the Pasik, you see that the Drasha here is coming to say this point of how you evaluate the damage within the field. So maybe that's what this whole Pasik is written for. How do we know also to learn the other Drasha to teach us that if the damage is in a Rishus you're going to be Potter? Says the Gemara, no, we have an indication that it's coming to teach that as well. Because in Cain, if it's only coming to say this drasha, how you evaluate the payment, so then this diok of Bizdei Acher should have said, by the place in the Pasuk where it talks about the payment, which is where it says, here where it talks about the payment. So here the Pasuk should add this words of Bizdei Acher to say that the way you evaluate the payment is within the field, not just this one area itself, but in contrast to the whole field. That's where the word should have belonged. Why is the Torah writing the term Bizdei Acher when it talks about how the damage originally happened? So from this we understand that we also have to dash from this the location of where the damage happened, that that is only in a private property and not in the Rishul Sarab. So we can learn out both things over here from the place where the Pasuk writes it. So we see that it's also talking about where the damage actually happened, but from the wording of the Pasuk, that it says, Biz Dei Acher, I also understand that it's talking about how you evaluate the actual damage itself. Okay, now the Gemara comes back, as I said, to explain better how you actually evaluate here this damage. Hey, so how do you evaluate this? Okay, so what exactly is the Gemara's question? It already said in the Mishnah, didn't it? 
the Mishnah said that when you evaluate the damage, so you have one area in the field, so instead of just evaluating this one area itself, you evaluate it in contrast to a bigger size field. And what was that bigger size field? The Mishnah mentioned what that bigger size is, a base saw, an area which is a saw, which is 50 by 50 yams. <laughs> but the Gemara does not, uh, does not accept uh, that pshat. The Gemara over here says, no, you have to evaluate it differently. First, let's see the words of the Gemara, then I'll explain what Ashi says here, why the Gemara is uh, saying a different pshat. Rabbi Yisir Barchanine says, Sa'ah b'shishim sa'in. You evaluate this one saw and see what the value of this saw is in relation to 60 saw. Okay, so meaning you can't, you can't first look at what the value of a saw is. The first thing is you have to look at how do I evaluate the value of a field, the size of a saw, when it's part of a larger field. When it's part of a field, it's the value of 60 saw. So Rashi here explains as follows. If you're going to just look at the value of the field itself of a saw, a field that's the size of a saw is not that big. 50 by 50 uh, amas is not that large. If you're selling a property that, that's, that, that's that kind of a size, it's a, a, a field that a poor person looks to buy. Tafka, a poor person looks to buy. It's, it's, it's not large enough for a rich person to buy. It's an area which a poor person wants to buy. So if only a poor person would buy this area, so therefore he's, they take advantage of him. They know that, uh, that only he is going to buy it and nobody else is interested in buying it. So therefore he's going to have to end up paying an expensive price for this base saw. <laughs> so therefore if you're going to evaluate just that base saw alone, you're going to end up with a very high price with this base saw. So therefore if you're going to charge the mazik to pay for the damage that happened in this area in relation to a base saw, a base saw is going to be evaluated very high. So when the Mishnah said, evaluate in relation to the base saw, the Mishnah couldn't have just meant in relation to this base saw. Rather, what does the Mishnah mean to say? The first thing you have to evaluate is 60 saw. That's a larger field. A larger field which is not so expensive. The, the, the way you evaluate 60 saw, that's something that more people are interested in buying. There's more buyers for it, so the price is lower. So, so now you evaluate what's the value of a saw within a base saw. Again, a saw within 60 saw, that is. Okay, so now the value is, is more normal, more, more it's, it's less. Okay, now, now then, once you have that level of value of the base saw, now you evaluate this one aruga, this one area of damage within this base saw, and that's what the mazik has to pay. So you want to make sure that you get the proper value of the base saw. It shouldn't be too expensive. The value of the base saw in relation to 60 saw. And then once you have that proper value of the base saw, now you could evaluate that one little patch which is in, within the base saw. Okay, that's traveling about air. Now just one more point that Rashi explains. If so, why don't we just simply say that evaluate this one little area in relation to 60 saw. Why do you have to go two steps? So Rashi says, if you're going to evaluate one little area in relation to 60 saw, so then the value of this damage is going to be minimal, tiny, a, a little aruga, a little patch in a field in relation to a shishim saw. If it's missing this little aruga, the, the, the damage is going to be considered to be very minimal. So the mazik is going to have to pay pennies, nothing. So therefore, you have to evaluate the damage of the aruga in relation to the base saw. So then the damage has some value that he's going to have to pay something. But you don't want the value of that base saw, which if you evaluate it separately to be inflated because it's a kind of property that only an honey buys. So you have to evaluate the base saw properly. So it has to be in, in, in relation to the 60 saw. But once you get the value of the base saw right, so now you can evaluate this one patch in relation to this base saw. Okay, so there's really there's two stages over here to this, uh, to, to this evaluation. 
Abyane Omar, Abyane says a similar thing, but it's not really the saw in contrast to 60 saw, but it's a tarkiv bishishim tarkavim. A tarkiv is a half a saw. So you evaluate first what the value of the tarkiv is in relation to 60 tarkavim. And then you evaluate that what area within the tarkiv that was damaged. Chizki Omar, Chizki says, Chizki doesn't hold to this that you evaluate these, these two evaluations. Chizkiah just says, Kelach b'shishim klochim. If you ate one kelach, one, uh, uh, one stalk, so you evaluate, you don't just pay the value of this stalk for itself, because then that value could be very high, but you evaluate what, how, the value of 60 stalks, how much does its value go down when you're missing one? That's how you evaluate it. Okay, but not, Chizki doesn't hold these two levels that we just said, 60 and one, and one saw, and then the patch in it. One, one in, in 60, that's it. The Mishnah said saw, no? Yeah, in the Hanami, the Mishnah said a saw, yeah. A saw, yeah. Yeah, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not sure how Chizki fits into the Lashon of the Mishnah. Okay. So the Gemara here brings from what it says in the Braise, Meisvei, so the question was asked, and all of these opinions. The Braise says, The animal ate one calf, or two calves. And we don't say, that you pay the value of what it ate, of how much this uh, produce that it ate would be sold in the marketplace. Which means once you detach it from the ground, you bring it to the marketplace, you don't evaluate there how much it's sold. You evaluate it in its patch in the field, when it's still attached to the ground. And you evaluate it, when it's attached to the ground, what the loss over here is. So now it seems like all the Braise is saying is that when you evaluate what an animal eats, don't evaluate it when it's detached, sold in the market, evaluate it in the ground, when it's, when it's attached, what's the loss in the ground itself. Now, but my love, don't you think what the Braise is saying is, that you evaluate it for itself. I don't evaluate it in relation to a larger area. I don't, for sure, don't evaluate it in relation then to say that this larger area, you have to see what the value of that is in relation to 60 saw. I, not, none of that. You just evaluate this itself. So the Gemara says, Loi, that's not what the Braise meant. Bishishim. It doesn't, the Bryce doesn't spell out all the details. It, it's just, it's saying that point that you don't evaluate of damage, how it's sold in the marketplace. You evaluate the field itself. Well, not, well, not this, of regarding evaluating the field itself, that uh, the Bryce doesn't spell out. But over there, like the Amiroim over here said, that you evaluate it based on the value of area, which is 60 saw or 60 Tarkiv, different opinions over here that we had before. Or Shishim Klochim, right? Another opinion, right? Now we learned in Abraisa the following statement. You don't evaluate a calf because you're going to be mashbiachim. Now, okay, we'll see the, 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 what, what this means in a second. And you can't evaluate a base core because you're going to cause him a loss. Now, who, who exactly is gaining? And who's losing? And what exactly this Bryce is saying? The Gemara here brings two pshatim. My Ka'ama, what is this Bryce saying? Rav Pope, so Rav Pope says as follows. The Bryce here is saying two different halachis, and it's based on the point that we said before that when you evaluate a small area in a property, you have to see, you have to determine the value of this small area in relation to a bigger area. In order to get the right, to evaluate it right, you have to see it in the bigger picture of the bigger area that it's, that it's part of. And therefore, the Braise is saying is as follows. You can't evaluate one calf 
If it ate one kav in, in relation to 60 kavim, why not? Because in such a case, the mazik is going to end up gaining. Why is he going to end up gaining? Because nobody wants to buy it, so therefore the value of it is very, very cheap. If no one's interested in buying it, so because the value is very, very cheap, so what ends up happening is the mazik that's going to pay the damage for this is going to have to pay very, very cheap. Because this area of a kav within 60 kavim, an area of 60 kavim has a very, very cheap value when you're selling it because nobody's interested in buying it. So he's going to end up paying very little. So the mazik is going to end up gaining. That's the pshat of air. Okay. Now, on the other hand, the second part of the b'raise, v'loi kor bishishim kurin, and you can't evaluate also a core within 60 kurin. Now, this is a very, very large area. A core and six, a core is, is uh, 30, uh, 30 saw, right? And 60 kurim, it's a very, very large area. So if you're going to evaluate such a large area, so then what's going to end up happening is, mazik. Over here, the mazik is going to end up paying a very, very expensive price for the damage that he causes. Why? Because over here, this is someone that is very rich and wants to expand his properties, is interested, is very, very interested in buying this property. Since there's, there's, a, lot, there's a, a lot of rich people, the people that, that could afford, that are interested in buying such a property. So therefore, this, this is a property that has a very, very high value. So if you're going to evaluate the property that's so large, you're going to end up evaluating it very high. And therefore, and besides that, the area of the core within Shishim Kurim, it's a very big area. And if you evaluate the damage over there of this core within Shishim Kurim, it's going to end up being a value of a very, very value, a high value of damage. So therefore, Paigim Mazik. The mazik is going to have to pay for this. He's going to end up losing out a lot and paying a very high value. So therefore, you can't evaluate it this way. Okay, so again, the, the point that the Gemara basically is saying over here is, you have to go back to what we said before. What, what we said before is that you evaluate a saw in contrast to Shishim son. That's the perfect size at Chazal and Meshayer that you have to evaluate to get the right value of a property. Why? Because a saw in contrast to Shishim son is not too large. It's not too small. It's not an area which is too small and therefore it has very little value. Not an area which is way massive and therefore it has a very, very large value. A saw in contrast to Shishim Sawin is an in-between size, which is an area which you can get the right balanced value for this place, not too expensive and not too cheap. And then the mazik is going to end up paying the right damage that he deserves to pay. That's what this Raisa was saying according to Rav Papa. But on this, the Gemara asks, Mask of Lord of Huner, Avon asks the question, Mafuner Barmanoyach, that is, Hi, Veloy base core. Why does the Braissa change its, its expression? Why does it use the term base core? Veloy core, mi boyale. It should have said not a core. In the beginning of the Braissa, it said kav. It didn't say base kav. So why in the afterwards does it say a base core? A kav is usually uh, an expression that's used for a certain uh, volume of a certain amount of how much you can, how much produce could you get out of the property. Same thing, core. Core is a certain volume of how much you can get out of the property. What's base core? Base core is a, is a measurement of an area. Uh, a base cap would be a measurement of an area. So this Braissa is switching its lotion. According to Rav Papa, at the beginning of the Braissa is saying one point, the end of the Braissa is saying similar point that it should have used the same lotion. Why is it switching the lotion? The pshar on this b'raise is different. You don't evaluate the kav for itself, which means if an animal damaged an area of a kav, you don't evaluate the damage of that area for itself. 
Like we said before, this is the halacha basically that it's said in our Mishnah. You don't just evaluate that area itself. You have to evaluate it in, in relation to a larger area. Because if you're going to just evaluate that area itself, when the Brayse says Mashbichoi, who is Mashbicha referring to? Not the Mazik. It's referring to the Nizik because then the Nizik is going to gain. Because as we learned before, when you evaluate just this area for itself, then the value of its damage is going to be very high. So the Nizik is going to get gain and get paid too much for this damage. And on the other hand, and if the animal damaged one area of a calf, and now we know that you have to evaluate it in contrast to a bigger area, so to get the right payment of the damage here. But what's that larger area that you can evaluate it against? If you're going to evaluate it against a base core, which is a very big area, so then that's also incorrect, because then, then it's in the opposite extreme. Because then the nizik is going to lose out. Because you're, you're evaluating it in contrast to such a large area. So then this one area that it damages is tiny in contrast to that large area. So the nizik is going to get paid very little. Ella, rather you, you evaluate, like we said before, bishishim. If it's one kav, you could evaluate it in contrast to 60 kav. And then you're going to get the, the right payment, not too cheap for the mazik, not too expensive for the mazik. It's going to be the right amount. That's uh, the halacha that Bryce was saying, which is basically the point that we learned before. One against 60, that gives you the right uh, kind of payment, uh, but it has to be one kav against 60 kav. Ahogavre, the Gemara says, there was a person that cuts kashpe mechavre, he cut off the palm tree of his friend's property. So they came to the Rej Galusa to Paskin and to, to evaluate how he has to pay for this palm tree that he cut down. Amalei, so he said, I saw over here this area in this field, there were three trees that were here in this area. The total value of all three trees was 100 zuz. So therefore, the Reish Galusa says, So give him the value of the tree that you cut down. So if all three are worth 100, so one tree is worth 33 and a third. That's what you should pay. So he basically told to pay the full value of this tree for itself. He didn't evaluate it in relation to the rest of the property or anything else. Everything that we learned till here about evaluating in contrast to something else, that's not how he evaluated it. He said, no, go pay full value of this tree that you cut down. So Alma, this person said, Here, by this Reish Galusa, he paskins a halacha of evaluating how you pay like the Persians would paskin. That you you that you you pay for the value of this tree for itself, Lamali. Why should I go to him? Why should I paskin like him? So also Kameh Rav Nachman. He went to Rav Nachman. Amalei. So Rav Nachman said, Bishishim, that you evaluate this area, this tree that you cut down in relation to sixty sixty trees or the area of Shishim saw. But you don't just evaluate this tree for itself. That's Rav Nachman Paskin. So on this, Amalei Rav, Rav says, Im Amru Beniske Memainai, this rule that we said, that we learned that from a Pasik, which is talking about an animal, your money, that's mazik someone. If it's said over there in that Pasik regarding your animal, that's mazik, that you don't just pay the value of what it ate, but you pay it in contrast to the value of the whole entire area of 60 saw, Yamru Beniske Gufai, is it the same when you damage with your very own hands? Over here, this person himself cut off the tree. Maybe when a person himself cuts off the tree over here, he does have to pay the full value of this tree itself that he cut off, not in relation to anything else, but just this value itself. Okay, so now the Gemara over here says, no, even, even by, by Niske Mumayna, you also have to pay, by Niske Gufoy, 
Gemara says, it brings here the source, is there a reason to make a distinction between Miniske and Maya and Niske Gufay? So Amalei Abayi Lerova, Abayi says to Rova, Miniske Gufay Mai Daitech. Regarding Niske Gufay, when a person damages with his own body, with his own hands, what are you thinking? Why do you think to say that in such a case you pay the full value, not in contrast to the 60 that there is here? Because Etanya, because we learned in Abraise, Hamafker, Karma Shochaveiroi, a person that damages, he ruins the vineyard of his friend, smother. And the, the, the grapes are still smother. They're still what? Budding. They're, they're budding. They're, they're not uh, ripe grapes yet. They're just budding. So, how, how do you evaluate the damage that you did over here? You look at the value of how much it was worth before your damage and how, how, much, it's, how much it's worth now. And that's how you evaluate the damage. Okay, so, and, and that, that's all it says. Okay, which means that you have to see that how much this property could be sold before the damage and how much it could be sold after the damage. In this Braise, where it's talking about a person, not an animal that damaged, when the person damaged with his hands, it doesn't say anything about contrasting it to 60 to more in the larger size of this field. It doesn't say that. So therefore, from, from this, we could learn out that the halacha, that we said until here that you evaluate in contrast to a larger area only applies to an animal that damages, not when a person damages. Mm-hmm. Okay, but the Gemara though brings in another b'raise here regarding a behemoth. Don't we find that by an animal, when the animal damages, that it's also, we find that the, 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 the b'raise talks about the payment for the damage of the animal. It doesn't spell out clearly that the payment has to be in contrast to a larger area, 60 times of what the damage was. And nevertheless, that's what the Braise there means. So therefore, the fact that in this Braise, where it talks about a person damaging, it doesn't spell out this detail. It doesn't mean that the halacha won't be the same, that you always evaluate in contrast to 60. Okay, here there's a, a, a strictly lengthy Braise, and the Gemara later will explain the details of all this Braise. Okay, we'll leave it for the next time. We'll see the details of this Braise. The damage was-